Welcome everybody to Season Ticket Showcase. It's the place where season ticket holders and super fans come to vent, come to praise their teams, but also come to educate us on what nuances make their team different, make their team special, make their fan base tick. So for fans of the teams that we have guests on for, season ticket holders on for, you're going to either have reaffirming and or divergent opinions. For those of us who are neutral about your team, who want to learn about your team, or who maybe are going to do a road trip to your city to watch our team play your team, this is a place where you can learn where to go, where not to go, what to say, what not to say, things of that nature. This is a new endeavor from the filibuster freestyle. The first five, six or so episodes will be a preseason, aka season zero, and will be on the filibuster freestyle feed. But this is a new project, and we're really excited about it. Like I said, season ticket showcase. Let's bring in the theme song from Jobber Low. And on the other side of the theme song, we're talking Philadelphia Eagles with longtime season ticket holder and friend of the pod, Dan Ruddle. Highs and lows, wins and losses, it's been unbelievable. Bringing me joy and bringing me pain. They've taken years off my life. That's the deal we made. You're bringing me joy, you're bringing me pain, yeah, yeah. But every time I give up on them, they pull me back in. All right, ladies and gents, as promised, Dan Ruddle's joining us, not from Philadelphia, but from the Jersey Shore, Ocean City to be exact. Dan, welcome to uh, Season Ticket Showcase. From your friends at Filibuster Freestyle, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, Gav. Thanks for having me on. Thanks. This is a cool idea. I'm, uh, I'm thrilled to be uh, included as part of the process, so thank you. Yeah, no, so we were just talking on the pre-show. You and, and your father, your family have, have been Philadelphia Eagles season ticket holders you know, for quite a while. Why don't you let the folks know, you know, ballpark, how long that's been to start off? Yeah, so I'm 43, um, and my dad has had season tickets uh, since I was uh, two years old. I, the, my earliest memory from life was actually sitting on my dad's lap at an Eagles game. That's not, and that's, yes, that's not hyperbole for the pod. That is real, real the deal. The earliest memory in your life is at Veteran yep. Stadium, correct? Veteran Stadium, Section 721. Yep. Bang. So for those of you who are Eagles fans or Philadelphia sports fans or, you know, just neutrals who are listening to this pod, I mean, these are the kind of bona fides we're going for. This is a guy, a guy whose first memory in life is at two years old or so, or so somewhere between two and five, we'll say, at the vet, yeah. at the vet in Philadelphia watching the, watching the birds. So, Dan, yeah. we're glad to have you, man. Thank you for having me. So yeah, let's, happy to talk to you about my experience. Yeah, let's start with some softballs. Um, sure. Let's start with, with when, the, when the Eagles when, are on the road. And I know the answer is, you know, you got, you got millions and millions of people who like the Eagles across the world and certainly in your neck of the woods in the Philadelphia metro. But mm-hmm. so some of these questions will be general and they'll be, inter- you know, you're answering through your experience or what you know. But where do fans go to watch an Eagles game when the Eagles are on the road, and I, and I know like friends' houses, things like that, but are there any places people go where they're like, oh, I know there'll be a good, a good group of people watching the game together? Um, there are a number of really good bars and uh, areas in the Philly area that you can go and see things. Uh, you know, if, if you're looking for a good dive bar, um, Callahan's, it's right around the corner from, uh, 
friend of the pod, Larry Ricciardi's house. Uh, Callahan's is a great dive bar. What's that, 26th and South, right? 26th and South? 26th and South, the complete opposite end of South Street from uh, the part of South Street that unfortunately made the news for the wrong reasons uh, a couple weeks ago. Got it. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a it's a nice neighborhood bar. We know the bartenders and stuff. And unfortunately, it, it has a little bit turned into like this hipster post beer league softball hangout instead of the the dive bar that Dan, Larry, and I and you have uh, grown to appreciate. But um, still a very good spot. Um, there are some more uh, you know mainstay, I would say, popular spots that people will go to to hang out for. Uh, pre and post game and that's you know Chickies and Pete's there's a, a local sort of franchise yep. not a franchise but a, a chain in the area and there's one down um, in South Philly close to the stadiums uh, there's several throughout the area um, there's also PJ Wheel of Hands those are a uh, those are a, a, a popular sports bar that's kind of similar to Chickies and Pete's has a similar vibe uh, and then there's also like Xfinity Live which is um, right down by it's on the corner where uh right across the street from where uh citizens bank park is and well so if, if you know philly all the sports complex all the all this complex all the stadiums are in the same exact complex right so right. there's so right on the corner there is a giant sort of multiple bar setup type area call it xfinity live uh it's a a bunch of bars. There's a, a lot of people go there for pre and post game. It's very, it's it's packed. It's expensive, but you know, it is the sort of place to to go and hang with. You know, if you're young and you want to get after it and, and and see a lot of the pregame madness, it's a good spot for it. Yeah, absolutely. And I will say, with all the with all of the um, stadiums being in one place, one of the interesting phenomenon about Philly is that they tailgate for every single sport because the parking lots are the same parking lots for football as they are for hockey, as they are for baseball and basketball. So bottom line is it's tailgate culture, whether it's a Phillies game or an Eagles game or anything else. So, all right, Dan, let's move to this question. And again, another tough one because there are millions of Eagles fans, right? But if you could just... Just just to touch on the... the, So for home games... It's almost always a tailgate. Yes. Just to be clear, you mentioned the tailgate scene. Our tailgate scene is. I've been to a number of NFL stadiums, and I don't. I haven't seen anything that's really comparable to it. It's the proximity to the stadiums is relatively close. There's tons of parking. It is. Uh, if you've never been to an Eagles tailgate, you should go to one. Yeah, for sure. Don't don't wear Cowboys gear though. Definitely Sorry, not wear Cowboys with your gear. Next question. Yeah. No. And the good news is, you know, a lot of the pregame, postgame stuff was the same stuff. So you know, Chickies and Pete's, Xfinity Live. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the tailgating is worth noting, and I'm glad you did. Uh, yeah. So t- if you could describe the typical fan of your team, or if there are like derivatives of that typical fan, where, where do you yeah. go? Where do you go with that one? So the, the fan base is actually relatively diverse, yeah. but in a in a in a very Philadelphian way. And there are guys that you know, there, there's very blue collar dudes. There's you know union guys, and then there's boardroom executives that, that come to the games. You know. Um, and they intermingle with shocking fluidity. So, you know, you can have, you know, for instance, at our tailgate, you know, we have my friend Jason who owns his own company yeah. and he, he's you know pretty affluent. And we have guys who are coming in that are, uh, that, that are much more blue collar and, you know, are, are out here. You know, they're, they're, they're paving roads, they're building houses, they're doing any number of things. And nobody really gets too pretentious about it, whether they are, the, uh, whether they're 
whether they're the the white collar guy or the blue collar guy, everybody's there to pound beers and have fun and hopefully watch the Eagles win. And if not, to yell at them and tell them how bad they suck. <laughs> right, um, right, right. But yeah, you know, I mean, there. If you if you think of a stereotypical Eagles fan, you know, it's it's a guy who is, you know, very very invested in it, probably to a, hell, a degree that is a lot that is probably unhealthy. Um, he's got a pretty thick uh, Philadelphia area accent. Talks a lot about Wooder, going over to Bridge, um, <laughs> and get eaten hoagies and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's. Uh, but you know, you can have guys that are that, that have the the green trailer parked in their driveway, but it's in the driveway of a Gladwin mansion that's a nine million dollar estate. So, there, it, it, you really run the gamut and everything in between too. Honestly, like, sure. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. I'm a, the Eagles are, uh, I would say, far and away the definitive sports franchise of the of that area. I mean, no question about it, right? It's not close. Yeah. yeah. It's it's not close. Yeah, so it makes sense. But that's whether that's they're good or bad. Like I mean, the other teams kind of ebb and flow with whether or not they're having success. The Eagles, whether they are terrible or they are contending, are the the bellwether of the of the Philadelphia region. Yeah, sports wise, absolutely. You know, the NFC East is about as contentious as it gets, and I think you already mentioned by virtue of what gear to not wear to a tailgate in Philadelphia, mm. uh, the team that might be the answer to this question, but. But who outside of Philly, what, what franchise do you guys hate the most? I mean, it's Dallas. Yeah. If anybody, you know, any Eagles fan that says otherwise is lying or is not that big of an Eagles fan. Fair. It's Dallas. It's always been Dallas because everybody hates Dallas, but we have the uh, we have the added insult of having them be a division rival that we've played again, that we play twice a year at least mm-hmm. uh, for as long as I can remember. I hate Dallas. I hate them more than any sports team probably in the history of sports. There you go. And so if we flip that, does your fan base, and for Eagles fans, again, this is the fan base that back in the day did snowball Santa Claus, but anyway, does your fan base have a healthy respect for any fan base outside of Philadelphia? Not really. <laughs> uh, I mean, we're, we, we're, like I said, we're very much, we're, we're very, we're, we're each other's biggest advocates and fans of, of ourselves. You know, we are generally a very knowledgeable fan base. You know, we, we have very little tolerance. I think that, I think that I will say that we have a healthy respect for fans of teams who are, who have similar trajectories, like, you know, that have, a history of long suffering where the bad outweighs the good mostly. Got it. So, I mean, I, I would generally think like teams like the Buffalo bills, maybe, north, or yeah, like the bills, the, you know, the jets. I mean, I don't, I don't like the jets, but you know, the jets are long suffering. Their fans are self-loathing. They, you know, they, they chant their names in a similar fashion that the Eagles fans do. And it's just kind of goofy the way that, you know, they, you know, have this sort of downtrodden, uh, demeanor about them and have for so so long. Sure. The thing I think that most drives the lack of respect for other fan bases is the sort of you know perennial punching bag that uh, that Eagles fans get made of. You know, both by other teams and then also in the in the media when they talk about things like you know incidents that happen in Philadelphia get magnified as oh, oh snowballs at Santa this and that. Yeah. They, 
about them, which which snowballs at Santa is nonsense. They didn't throw snowballs at Santa, but we can elaborate on that later. Um, but you know, they you know we get lumped in as these degenerates and these losers and you know these barbarians that eat their own. And things that happen in other cities happen that are way worse. Like, I honestly, Gavin, I can't tell you the last time I saw a physical fight where punches were thrown in at Lincoln Financial Field. But I see videos of them being thrown in stadiums all around the country. But you don't hear about that, and Philly fans get lumped in. So I think that's why we get very defensive and, you know, have at best a healthy respect for other fan bases and franchises. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, sure. That's good. That's that's helpful. Um, So let's, let's be interior now to Philadelphia. Which, which sports team would would an Eagles fan be least likely to support in the Philadelphia area and why? I mean, does the soccer team count? Sure. Yeah. If they're professional, absolutely. Probably, probably, probably the union. Okay. Um, because they're very much, you know, it's they're thought of as a joke. People are very manly, and and you know, and I'm not, the fan base have a tendency to be overly masculine and toxically so at times. Mm-hmm. And therefore, they have not kind things to say about soccer. That puts soccer right in the crosshairs. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, even though, like, even I, who was a perennial joker about soccer, I actually really like soccer, and I think that the Union is a great experience. They're a really good franchise, but. I think they would be. Fair point. Sure. So, all right, let's start getting into some of the meat of of being a fan and, and, and really carrying it with you beyond the three hours of the game and the tailgating. Sure. Which game for most fans of your team is the game that got away? Uh, it was the NFC Championship uh, for the 2003 season. So, the, actually, January 2004. Uh, it was the NFC Championship. They went to three straight NFC Championships. They lost the first one to Carolina. Yeah, I think the, so. The, the the exact sequence is odd, but they lost to Carolina and they lost to Tampa, and then they uh, they beat the Falcons to go to the Super Bowl, the first Super Bowl that they lost to the Patriots. Um, but that NFC Championship game was, it, it, it's it's the one that got away for a number of reasons. Number one, they were the better team. They were home, Number right? Two. Yeah. They, they were home. They were the home team. They were the better team. They had every reason to to have won that game. They were a better team. The Bucks stuck at playing in games. Cold weather, right? They were yeah. In cold weather. Um, it was a hostile environment. And the Bucks weren't that good. They, were, they had a good defense. Their offense stunk. That was the Brad Johnson Bucks. I just will never forget the... You know, they, first of all, Joe Jarevicius of all people. You know, how many people? How many, how many people remember Joe Jarevicius? I do because he played for Penn State and he was supposed to be the next best thing. And then in the sure. pros, he only had one good game, and it was like that game, and then the game in the Super Bowl the next game. That was it. Yep, there was that, and then so I never, I'll never forget Joe Jarevicius tearing them secondary apart. Brutal. And then, and then uh, the Eagles have a chance to go, and you know they, they're. They're driving. They're, you know, they finally get some momentum going, and Rondé Barber picks the ball. In, I don't remember where it was. They were in Tampa territory. He picks the ball, picks six, and that is essentially the game's over. But to, the one thing I left out too is they started. Uh, they started the drive in, um, or they started the game with a Brian Mitchell return that he took way deep into. Uh, 
into Bucks territory, and they scored a touchdown, I think, immediately, and the game, and, you know, that, that happened, you're like, oh, man, all right, we're on our way, we're rolling, this is going to be, this is going to be a cakewalk, and uh, turned out not to be so, and it was the last game at the vet, it was horrible. Wow, it was the last game at the vet, oh, so that definitely, that definitely would have been... That would have been amazing to win that game and then go to the Super Bowl, which is neutral. And then, by the way, the, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, the Buccaneers won that Super Bowl going away against the Raiders. Against the Raiders. That's a tough one. All right, so this next question, it, it's, it's championship exclusive, so not clowning your championships. But which mm-hmm. game that was a non-Super Bowl winning game, if you will? So the NFC championship would count, I would call I would say. Which game do you okay. think means the most to fans? And if you and if you answered it differently, differently, totally because of the way I phrased the, the question. Most to fans are the most to me personally. I mean, I, I don't know, man. I mean, I think you, you're the one on the pod, so, so you can do what you want. I'll, I'll try to keep it brief in my and I have two answers. Number one, obviously, the 2017 NFC Championship game. It was awesome. It, it was awesome because it started with the exception of an early touchdown to Kyle Rudolph up the seam. The Eagles dominated the game it like it was it was clear from midway through the second quarter that they were going to absolutely stomp the vikings and they did yes they crushed them and so it was a party from midway through the second that quarter was a great game end of the yep. game it was it was so much fun and there had was that in minnesota too it was right no, no, no. They, they were the one seed that year. Oh, my bad. Okay, Philly was the one seed. Got yeah, it. They were the one seed, even though Wentz got hurt. So they, you know, and there had been all these viral videos going around of Vikings fans, like, on the steps of the art museum doing their skull chant, where they do the clap above their heads like sure. the Vikings. And so as that's going on, and then after Nick Poles uh, throws the flea flicker touchdown to Corey's uh, excuse me, Corey Smith, Torrey Smith, uh, in the end, in the south end zone corner, um, people, the Eagles fans started turning that around and started doing it as the Foles chant. So instead of skulls, 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 Foles, Foles. Oh, nice, Foles. nice, re- nice recovery there. I like that. <laughs> yeah, and so like we, all of the Vikings fans just got run out of the, got run out of the building with their legs there, with their tail between their legs. It was awesome, and it was super fun. And I went with my dad. You know, huge. Um, yeah, like I, you know, my dad and I. Uh, got to see that game together and it's like you know we got to watch the Super Bowl together it was awesome cool no that's good so so the next one I mean obviously you know the Eagles won a championship in 1960 you weren't alive uh I know what your answer is going to be and you I think you've been on the pod talking about it before but you know uh-huh. you you win Super Bowl what 52 correct 52 so yep. so that one clearly is a championship that means the most besides the next one which is not allowed to be the answer so, yeah. you know, you got to watch it with your dad. I know that was not only emotional to win, but emotional to be with a guy yeah. that, you know, earliest life memory is being with your dad at the vet, and they win their first yep. Super Bowl ever. Uh, yep. Yeah, so, so, so what, a, what do you got there? I, I have, yeah, so I, first of all, I put a note down here next to this question. Loaded New England fan question, a-hole. Well, I mean, I'm going to ask everybody <laughs> that question, but yeah, for you it works out great. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I mean, it was... Yeah, you're right. I, I got to watch it with my dad, and I actually – so the Eagles stopped doing printed tickets probably 10 years ago. Yeah. And, but, like, for the – when they won the Super Bowl, they did – they went back and they reprinted the images of the, the divisional round, the conference championship, and Super Bowl tickets. Nice. And I have a picture um, that my mom took of me and my dad in my living room 
hugging after they won. And then next to it, I have a picture, the, the picture of me sitting on his lap at the vet. Oh, and great. I got that framed and embossed and everything and put it and gave it to my dad for Christmas the next year. Um, so it was awesome. And it was, you know, that we had invites to go to any number of different places. And I was like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to go. I don't want to watch this with anyone other than my dad. Yeah. And, uh, and well, I, I would I would have watched it with people in addition to my dad, but only people that I knew were not going to be like, "Huh, what did you think of that commercial?" Like, I don't remember a single commercial from the entire game. Right. You know. No, I, I agree. When your halftime show was, but like, yeah, totally. I, that's that's not true. It was Justin Timberlake, but you know, <laughs> it was like I, I remember everything. I had like. I, I think I drank three beers through the entire course of the game. Yeah. But it was weird. And, you know, I, I, I can document it if you want to, or you can document it. You can go back through social media. But I, I, I made the bold call that morning that I had no reason to base it. I had nothing to base it on other than the fact that it was my gut that they were going to win. Sure enough, they won. Yeah. Well, I, I actually do recall that at the time. For somebody who watched them play for years and years and years, I, I don't doubt that you had that feeling. Sometimes fans have that feeling based on watching a team for decades and then having a feeling about their team in that moment and being like, you know what? I think if we don't screw it up, we got this. Let me ask you this. So I did. you did kind of cover this in an earlier answer about subgenres of fans within your team. <laughs> I don't know if you broke anything out for this one. If you didn't, we can move on. But I just, um, Yeah, I just, I just broke out like – personalized jersey guys are the worst <laughs> like I remember this dude one time showed up to the tailgate that we yeah it's like you don't play on the team you don't need your name on the shirt what? yeah what I said you don't play on the team you don't need your name on the shirt no and but it, it, it's bad when it's your own name but then when it's like some name that you wanted to do, you're like oh this was a great idea to get on it like I remember this dude and his wife showed up uh, at, at our tailgate one year and the guy had a Mr. Badass jersey number number double zero and his wife I, she wasn't wearing it and then she put hers on before we you know as we were wrapping up and to go into the game and I'm, I'm putting away stuff and we're getting ready to head in and I see and I turn around and I see her her jersey and it's Mrs. Badass and I'm like oh my god just cringing thinking how lame and like just like can you imagine doing that <laughs> um that's fair and then there's the people that show up in full like football uniforms and you know but their faces painted there's a, there is one guy who shows up in a full football uniform every every week who's kind of a, a local legend who, who has done it you know, initially you think it's for so long you're like oh initially you think it's lame and then eventually you know the shtick has been a shtick long enough that it's like yeah it like crosses over into like authentic he's kind of cool yes yeah that makes sense uh good stuff okay but that's yeah people who Mr. and Mrs. Badass no thanks (laughs) yeah yeah personalized jerseys no good very classic celebrity fan that Mm -hmm. Eagles fans are most proud of as a fellow Eagles fan I mean, Bradley Cooper. Okay, yeah, it's an A-lister. What's not to like about Bradley Cooper? He's sure. handsome, he's a good actor, he's he's from Jenkintown, so he comes by it honestly. Uh, you know, give, give me some Bradley Cooper. Okay, great answer. Uh, how about celebrity fan you guys are most embarrassed by? Uh, you know, there, there aren't... There are so few of them, I think. Fair, uh, But fair. I guess in... In uh, in hindsight of his incident at the Oscars this year, I guess you could say Will Smith. Ah. 
But I mean, before that, I mean, Will Smith had a number of years of actually being pretty cool. So Absolutely, yeah. I, I can't completely erase his fandom. Yeah, I don't think that's yeah, and he's, and he's a real yeah. Philadelphia guy as well. So you mm-hmm. know, you got to give him that. All right, cool. So former coach or player or owner even that is despised by your fan base. I'll give you one of each. And okay. I'll be quick. Yep. Rich Kotite, because Rich Kotite sucks. True. Um, he's terrible. Uh, we, you know, Chip, honorable mention to Chip Kelly. Um, Norman Brayman, because he was cheap, mm-hmm. and he was the you know him being too cheap to pony up some more money was the reason why Reggie White walked and went to Green Bay Oof. and won a Super Bowl there Oof. instead of the Eagles. Players. Um, none other than Mr. Carson Wentz. Yeah. Because uh, he's a bum and decided to quit when things got rough. And then uh, some honorable mention for DeMarco Murray because he was great with Dallas and then he sucked as an eagle. <laughs> there you go. That's <laughs> was that, that concise enough for yeah, you? I loved it. That was great. That was all business. Uh, a former player or current player, but, but role players who are irrationally beloved by the Eagles fan base. So give me the definition of a role player. Well, I guess, for instance, like Randall Cunningham, Reggie White, you know, those guys are all pro Hall of Famer type. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, whether it's a kicker or a second string tight end who caught a big play and a I'm real gonna, player I'm who helped, keep, but, you know, is beloved, but not a star. Got it. And I'm going to keep this contemporary with my area of, era of liking the Eagles. Because, sure. like... Everybody, you know, I don't. I didn't remember Chuck Bednarik. I don't remember the days of, you know, Sonny Jurgensen and those and like sure. the guy, like the old Eagle greats and stuff. Um, you know, I I understand their place in Eagles history, but I did never watch them play, so I'm not going to loop them in. Um, I think the one that immediately comes to mind would be John Dornbos, their old long snapper. Wow, deep cut. <laughs> That's a pretty obscure pull. That's a deep cut. John Dornbos fan club. Uh, very, yeah. But, yeah, so John Dorenbos was the Eagles' long snapper, but he also was a very talented um, magician. Okay. And sort of, like, sleight-of-hand artist. And he actually went on, like, America's Got Talent and ended up, um, like, going to Hollywood and getting, uh, you know, did an audition. He ended up, you know, several years later here, uh, ended up doing, um, having a residency in Las Vegas. Um, Fun fact about John Dorenbos, however, he went... The year before the Eagles won the Super Bowl, he was traded. Um, I don't remember where, um, but he was traded. And in the process of going through his physical, it was found that he had, I don't remember the exact name of the condition, but it was a life-threatening cardiac condition that had they not found it in the process of doing his physical, could have essentially been like a widowmaker heart attack could have he could have dropped dead at any time wow. uh, because of it and by but this by the simple luck of being traded by the eagles and having to pass a physical for another team he discovered this had the surgery and will, will god willingly live a uh, a long fruitful life okay but yeah so people love john Dorenbos. um yeah that, that's about as good as it gets that's i mean that's a hell of an answer that's a hell of an answer yeah that's a hell of an answer. All right, we got. I mean, there's, there's, there's really, again, I, I know, I know enough to know enough, and I had no idea about any of that. That's a great answer. Okay, mm-hmm. so let's go. First of all, for the Eagles again, the team anthem is "Fly Eagles Fly" because the, the question is team anthem, pregame walkout song, song when the team scores, bingo, random timeout or middle of the game song, post game song, victory, whatever. So, "Fly Eagles Fly" clearly is a ubiquitous NFL anthem. 
Um, uh-huh. Is there anything else like that us casuals don't so, know about? Yeah, pregame intros at the stadium are always to those uh, is to uh, for those about to rock by ACDC. Mm, nice. That is uh, that's what they always do, uh, uh, play during the uh, the intros. The touchdown song, everything that's you know, fly eagles fly. Um, what third down on defense is the bells theme from Rocky? You know the training sequence. Gotta it's be. Not the, not the, 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 that it's not that. It's the. No, I know the bells. It's like the bells. The bing, boom, boom, that you know what I mean? I do absolutely, absolutely. Pup, yeah. Um, and then uh, you know, honorable mention to Dreams and Nightmares by Meek Mill because that was like the the rallying cry song their entire uh, playoff run in 2017. Okay, and Meek Mill's from Philly, so there you go, right? Yes, he is. Yep. There you go. Shout so, out to Bob Kraft, though, by the way, because he helped out with. Uh, yes, I think he he, he contributed to, to paying some of the legal fees for Meek Mill and eventually got him out of jail. Cool, man. Well, that's there you go. But no, that's that's good stuff yeah. there. On the those are all good answers. Again, all right, let's go. Best uniform combo. I mean, are you an Eagles like Randall Cunningham era Kelly Green guy or no? What do you got there? I am. You gotta I be am. right. I that's like the, the best. Kelly Green. Yeah. I, I am not a huge fan of the midnight green, which is their current color. Yeah. They are bringing back the Kelly Green as an alternate uniform, I believe. Yeah, how phenomenal is this this year, right? With, uh, yeah. you know, the Patriots are bringing back their old red and whites. I mean, a lot of teams are, are bringing they? back. Yeah, yeah, a lot of teams are able to do these throwbacks, which is cool. So, um, but yeah, so Kelly Green all the way for you? Yeah, I mean, I love it. It's just the, you know, when I fell in love with the Eagles, that's what they were wearing. 100%. Cheers and chants, obviously E A G L E S Eagles, right? But um, yeah, anything else? Dallas sucks. <laughs> uh, you'll hear that at every Dallas game. Um, to the cadence of Dallas sucks, Dallas sucks. That's the exact cadence. If you'd like to, just to know. Um, yeah, no, other than that, there's really no chance. Or well. When there are bad calls made by the officials, there's the a-hole chant that uh, sure. you hear. It's sort of ubiquitous throughout sports. Yeah, uh, absolutely. But no, it's uh, usually a lot of yelling and screaming and people... <laughs> no doubt. You know, give, giving each other a hard time. No, no doubt. All right, so, again, the, the good thing about the Eagles, between the chant and the song, I mean, they're just such a well-known franchise that some of this stuff is... It makes sense to start with an A-list team like the Eagles, you know, the huge yeah. fan base, long history, etc., is there an alcoholic beverage synonymous with, with the team? I mean, I, one comes to mind for me. But, but you know, in terms of, like, a Philadelphia area or a Pennsylvania area it, beverage, but is anything like that or not really? Not really. Yeah. I, I, there are local breweries that have – there's um, a brewery called Weyerbacher out of eastern Pennsylvania, which is, like, 40 miles north of where I grew up on the Delaware River, um, that has a beer called Dallas Sucks. Oh, there you go. Um, the beer is – mediocre it's not very good um but you know in terms of i, I kind of thought about the question from a standpoint of like what we drink on game day there you, go. you know first of all it's coffee because it's early you know, typically we're getting into the parking lot somewhere around seven fifteen. yeah uh for a one o'clock game but then any kind of light beer um but you know, earlier in the day, I'll drink like vodka and, and stuff so that I'm not, so I don't need to pee immediately. Um, yeah, so right. So you're not loading up on liquid. Yeah. The game. Got it. Yeah, it's kind of like coffee, hard stuff. A, uh, coffee, hard stuff, beer. 
Coffee Hearts Up Beer, yeah, that's the exact order. Correct. Perfect. Order of operations, Gavin. See, I, I, could, I could go to a tailgate. I could do it. All right, let's go with this. Um, stadium food, anything synonymous? Again, I mean, obviously Philly's a big, big yeah. time popular food city. Cheesesteak, pork roll, roast pork sandwiches. I mean, you know, water ice, all of it. But uh, what, anything yeah. on this one? You know, it's the chickies and Pete's crab fries. Ooh, yeah, know, crab fries are nice, yes. Stay there. Yes. Yeah, so you'll get a bucket of crab fries with this, like, cheddar cheese dipping sauce in a cup on the side. That's that's really basically it. Like, I don't, I don't, I generally eat before I go in the game because we tailgate and we have stuff that's far better and, True. Uh, you know, much less expensive. I prefer to spend my money on beers. That's way to go. In, but, uh, yeah, there's not a lot of, in the club level, of course, there's good stuff, but I sit up with the people, damn it. So I, uh, <laughs> there's your standard stadium fare. There's hot dogs, there's burgers, there's chicken fingers, fries, pretzels, and things like that. None of it's remarkable. There you go. Okay, that's fair. All right, let's get into this because you alluded to this earlier when we were talking about Santa Claus briefly, but epic incidents. So this, I file this under streakers, epic fights, balloons dropping at the wrong time, roof leaks. Anything that's sure. memorable to you personally, whatever you got here. Yeah, so there's a whole lot of uh, the, the rumors about what have and have not happened in Philly in sports game, uh, sporting events. Is there, there's a lot of untruths and half truths out there. So okay. the snowballs at Santa Claus is not entirely true. What yeah. happened was back in the '60s. There was a, a guy that they, that they had for, as a Santa Claus that was supposed to come out during halftime, and he got tanked mm. and was came out drunk, and people booed him, and somebody threw a snowball. Um, so, yes, they did throw snowballs at Santa Claus. However, the, the incident that – and there were many, many incidents that I saw growing up of at course. Veterans Stadium. And first of all, I think – and another thing, I think you need to kind of, as an Eagles fan anyway – sort of denote between pre-Lincoln Financial and post-Lincoln Financial Field. So, and, and you know, pre-Lincoln Financial Field area is the vet area, yeah. era, excuse me. And as I've said on the pod before and, you know, some of our other uh, NFL podcasts that you and I have done, like people who say that the atmosphere at the link is the same as the vet never went to the vet. <laughs> yeah. Because it, it was a, it was a really you know, pretty unsettling place. You know, it had social media and like iPhones and cameras been around back in the day. I think they probably would have shut Veterans Stadium down, honestly. Um, but so the incident that I will talk about that I that I was personally a part of and that I was at mm-hmm. was the incident, the infamous snowball game. So I don't remember what year it was. I would say that I was probably 10, 11, maybe. So that would make it like late 80s, early, like, you know, right around like 89, 90. Um, Cowboys are in town. It's a late season game. And there was a Friday night snowfall. So it wasn't huge, but it was probably eight inches or so. Yep. So there was a good amount of snow. And the management of the stadium did not have the the good foresight to... To plow or shovel. ...address the snow. Yeah. Exactly to address the fallen snow and the standing snow in the stands. And and so when we arrived on game day, there is still quite a bit of standing snow in the, you know, all around the, the, the seats and stuff. 
and it's the Cowboys game. And as we've discussed, we hate, we hate them. Right. You know, we hate the Cowboys. We hate the Cowboys. And these are the particularly loathsome, like early era Troy Aikman Cowboys, Michael Irvin sure. Cowboys, Jimmy Johnson Cowboys. This is the this is the team that you know most people grew to hate the Cowboys for. Yes. So the game's going on, and it's I don't even remember if they won or lost the game. What I remember about the game was the absolute blitzkrieg of snowballs that eventually fell from the sky in the direction of uh, of the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> so the game's going on, and I I'm slowly watching as this as the I keep turning away from the game and looking down into the end zone quarter. So the Southwest end zone quarter is where the, uh, the visiting team would exit and enter the field. There's a guy or two guys that are sitting above the, the tunnel, you know, the, the, the bulkhead seat above the tunnel or the team's coming out. And so you have a clear line of sight and a line of throwing more importantly at everyone coming in or out of that tunnel. Mm. So as the first half is going on, these two Looney Tunes are Building a mountain, a literal mountain of snowballs, Gav. Um, like in the cartoons, so you can just throw them all. Pardon? Like in the cartoons or like in Home Alone or Elf, so you can just throw yes, them Yes, like Elf. Yeah. yeah, they have just like, so there's no needing to to form them. They're already pre, pre-made snowballs, one, yeah. There's another one, just grab it and throw it. Wow. So somewhere in like mid-second quarter, as legend has it, and the and. I have it on decent authority, and this has been corroborated by people in the media and such. Um, former uh, mayor of Philadelphia, and then governor, and you know, soon to become governor after that, Ed Rendell was a huge Eagles fan and still is a huge Eagles fan. Sat up in the upper deck, and at one point during the middle of the second quarter, he had the bright idea to tell somebody next to him that he bet him he couldn't hit the sideline from where he was sitting up there because the seven hundred level was way, way, sure. way up. Like, you're basically on the moon, the surface of the moon up there. <laughs> right. So Ed Randell bet somebody that they couldn't throw a snowball and have it hit the green at any, po- at any part of the field. So some dude lets fly. And that first snowball was like the, uh, what was the shot at, uh, that started the Civil War? Was it Appomattox Courthouse or something? Sure. Whatever yeah. it is. Proverbially speaking, that was the shot that, that began the Civil War. Um, and you start to see just snowballs like flying. Hey, we can try to do this. And so people begin chucking snowballs and it gets bad. Like second, you know, sometime in the mid late second quarter, there is, you know, the guys that run the sticks, yeah. um, the, the down markers and the, the, the you know, the 10 yard markers, yeah, yeah. Downs. the chain crew, one of those guys gets hit with a ball, a snowball in the back of the head, knocked out cold, like, they have to stop the game at one point. And they make an announcement of this. Please refrain, refrain from throwing snowballs. So the half ends. And I'm like, oh, man, I forgot about these clowns in the corner that have this giant stack of oh, snowballs. Yeah. And the Cowboys start coming into the into the locker room. And they, like, they, they come and then they start, like, the first couple guys start getting pelted with snowballs. And then the rest of them stop and, like, put their helmets on. And like run in, and Jimmy Johnson is like in the middle of a bunch of them. Jimmy Johnson got hit, and a bunch of other people got hit, and it was uh, pretty deplorable behavior. But as a 10, 11 year old at the game, and as sure, you're part of it up. The, uh, the mass of people, it was outrageously entertaining. Yeah, and so and so in theory, if I heard you right, Ed Le- Ed Rendell may have allegedly started the snowball fight. 
Yeah. Yeah, the, the mayor of the, the then the, the sitting mayor of Philadelphia began the, the snowball fight that, that was the uh, well not even a snowball fight, it was just a barrage of Right. It was actually a one way it was a one way yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a snow bombardment of the Dallas Cowboys and frankly everybody besides the Dallas Cowboys probably felt okay about it. So yeah. Yeah. Live, live, live to fight another day, as they say. That's a good one, man. Uh, all right, this one's probably yeah. very tough for you. Um, okay. The proverbial Mount Rushmore of your franchise. Four people that make sure. up your team's top four. What, they could be anybody from the water boy all the way up to owner Jeffrey Lurie or anybody from the you know old school, new school, sure. whatever you want. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it. Uh, ooh, you know what, dude? I'm gonna keep this from again, sort of in the same vein in your as, era. Uh, sure, sure, of, totally of players. Um. People that I saw play. So, and I, I texted with Dan and Larry about this a little bit last night to sort of crowdsource to see that my, my thinking was on here. Okay. Um, number one, well, one and one A. There are two guys that are like one and one A, and I can't really tell who's one and who's one A. It would be Brian Dawkins and Reggie White. Oh, nice. Um, Brian Dawkins, the dude that absolutely laid the wood uh, at safety for them for you know the better part of a decade. Um, was just, you know, everybody loved him. Yes. Like, snot bubbles coming out of him. Universally approved in Philadelphia. Pardon? Universally approved in Philadelphia. Yes. There there is nobody, and there's not a single Eagles fan that would would give you even the slightest bit of criticism of Brian Dawkins. Fair. And similarly of Reggie White. I mean, greatest defensive end ever played a game, you know, know, one-time leader in sacks until Michael Strahan uh, beat him out. Um, but just a, a universally beloved and, and a good guy too, like a universally beloved member of the community, like was very charitable, was a yeah. really good dude. He was a minister. He was the minister of defense. Everybody loved Reggie White. I'd say then number two would be uh, Nick Foles. Wow, there you go. He's he delivered a Super Bowl, absolutely. Super Bowl. I mean, I don't know how you, uh, I don't know how you, you, you give it to somebody else. Wow. Um, and especially considering how he played, it wasn't like the Peyton Manning, you know, the last Peyton Manning Super Bowl where it's like, you know, Von yeah, Von no, he played great. Right, he game. played he great. Was, yeah, he, he played was great. Awesome in that game. Um, and then so I had a tough time thinking about number four, and there were came down to two players, and one, you know, I think while there is um, there's a case to be made for Randall Cunningham. Randall Cunningham never won a playoff game. Mm. So, and part of that has to do with the, you know, again, management and ownership's inability to surround him with talent. And then part of it had to do with Buddy Ryan thinking that as long as his offense scored 10 points, the defense could win on the game. Sure. Um, but, yeah, so Randall, I think, is great. And Randall would have been, a, a, you know, I, I don't think anybody would, uh, you know, would, would, Say that Randall was a completely outrageous pick, but I gave my my last spot on Eagles round Rushmore to Jason Kelsey. Okay, um, sure. He touches the ball on every offensive snap. The center, yeah. He's a first ball. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer uh, at his position, and he you know was a critical member of the the only Super Bowl winning team in the franchise's history. And he dressed up as a mummer uh, for their for their parade and gave one of the most ridiculous speeches that you'd ever hear uh, someone give it at, at a victory parade. So, um, and he's still playing, and he's still playing at a very very high level. So, 
Jason Kelsey would be the number four. But, you know, you could make the argument, you know, if you go back before the era that I'm talking about, that would be, you know, probably, you know, Chuck Bednarik. Um, yeah, two-way play, last two-way like, play, yeah. two-way player. Bill and, Berge, totally. Yeah. Yeah, but I understand. There's, there's all kinds of Eagles greats, but I, if you're going to give it to just four um, and sticking with players, then I would do that. You know, if you're going to include um, management and personalities and th- that surround the team, I think you could. Uh, it, it, you at least put uh, a guy like Merrill Reese, their uh, their play-by-play announcer, for, yeah. uh, for the last God, I don't even know the last however many years, and then a guy named Ray Dedinger who. Uh, was the, their longest standing beat writer and like just probably the, probably the most universally respected sports writer in the history of the city of Philadelphia. Oh, there you go. So you're, on, you're right on topic right now because it's the final kind of question here. So, mm-hmm. so there's not as many, you know, NFL doesn't do local TV. You know, it's all, it's all network. Right. Right? So we'll, we'll scrap that part. But in terms of radio color and play-by-play guys, um, people that you guys as fans love or despise, um, or any catch, you know, catchphrases, any, like anything from like the, the, the delivery of the game through radio primarily, or, or I guess writing, you know, but that, that stands out to you. Well, yeah. So the, um, like I said, Merrill Reese is, Merrill Reese has been the the voice of the Eagles, their play-by-play voice for WIP for as longer than I can remember. I, I don't remember. Like, he and Harry Callis were the two voices in Philadelphia sports than the only ones that ever mattered for quite a long time. Got it. Um, so, yeah, they're great. Uh, and he still calls the games, and he calls them with uh, Mike Quick, who does a decent job. But, you know, before that, he did it with a guy on that guy named Stan Walters, who was a former Eagles offensive lineman. And, you know, that dude often moved to England a number of years ago. And uh, he's been living happily over there but you know Merrill's Merrill really didn't skip a beat he's had a couple other people in the booth aside from Mike Quick and he's been really good with all of them um like I said Ray Didinger is uh you know a guy that covered the Eagles for god I think 50 years and he literally just retired he used to do a morning show um (laughs) it's actually hilarious um my uh Dan O'Brien and Dara and other friends of ours who live in the area would end up texting me randomly on a Saturday or Sunday morning because he and this guy, Glenn Macnow, did a radio show together. And mm. my dad would call it periodically. Your dad would? My dad would, and he'd get through to them and talk with them, you know, you know, a couple times, you know, probably, I'd say probably like six times a year my dad would get through and talk to them and they'd, you know, have a good banter back and forth. But my dad became affectionately known as Mike and Yardley, so <laughs> nice. my friends... Like I said, Dan and Dara, and then other friends in the area would like get, get a random text from. Are you listening, Mike and Yardley's on Glenn and Ray? And <laughs> something like this and that. But, nice. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, uh, Ray Dinger is a, a, an absolute legend in uh, sports writing in Philadelphia, and most of what he covered was the Eagles. So, yeah. There you go. Fantastic. I'd imagine folks either want to get into the Eagles or want to go to Philadelphia and take in an Eagles game or just want to learn more about, you know, the, the Eagles from perspective of someone who's been there. I imagine they got a lot. Is there anything that I have not had the foresight to ask you that you felt like you needed to make sure we heard? I guess the only thing I would comment on is that, uh, 
I didn't realize that Thunderstruck was a game that was played outside of Eagles tailgates. And I didn't know that until I went to your wedding. <laughs> so and they play like, Thunderstruck at the tailgates. Yes, yeah. they're playing Thunderstruck. I didn't know anybody else played this. All right, man, we're going to leave it there. I'm going to put together this pod, but this is the first uh, season ticket showcase pod that we're doing. Eagles are a long storied uh, torture, but also a victorious franchise. And, as Dan said, he's been sitting sitting either at the vet or the link for 41 of his 43 years, soon to go into his, what, probably your 42nd season coming up here. So thank you very much for uh, giving us some insight and some thoughts, and I really enjoyed learning more about the birds. Um, you know, yeah, as, a, as a guy who lived in Philly for about five years or four years and who has many friends who live there still, um, very cool to talk about a franchise that I know a, a bit about but not a lot about. So We'll wrap it up there. Dan, stick around, and we will catch up. Everybody else, we will be dropping more of these from different teams and different season ticket holders. So stay tuned to the feed, and uh, thanks very much again, Dan. We appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me, Gab. Really appreciate it.